Welcome to the OCD, bitch, the show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts, the OC. I am your host of the evening, Mike Gravano, and I'm very pleased. He's back at it again, the champion. Here we go. Give it up for Ryan. Thank you. Ryan. And I feel like it's weird, and I know I'm just a guest. You know, it's not, this is not for me to say, but I had a whole intro song planned that just did not play when I come in. Oh, what was it? <laughs> you know what it was. Joe? Joe said, Joe's indicating you did not get the intro song. See, in other shows, I've, I've been around Pop Filter for a while, mm-hmm. and you have a producer, Dave, times. who handles everything right away. But Joe, he's Joe the, CD? He's a late night intern. Joe CD. And no intro song. Never got Yo CD. My uh, intro song was obviously, and you can tell this by my voice, my personality, my, uh, my loves, my hates, is hands down by Dashboard Confessional, and it just did not play. You want to put it in post? Please put it in post. Okay. Does Joe edit this? Yeah. Joe edit? Joe's going to edit. Joe's last name is Mama. Is that weird? I don't think so. No, it's, it's Italian. Weird. It's Mama. Joe Mama. Joe Mama. You know who's fat? Joe Mama. Just go to the gym, Joe. Joe, go to the gym. I was nervous that that was too far, but then I watched you talk to him, and I don't think I crossed the I'm line I'm worried at all. about his health. Yeah. Oh, no. Sure. Yeah. I'm his personal doctor. He has shit health insurance. Do you know all, uh, which part of your disgusting body is going to cause you to die? Like, are you worried about heart, lungs, butt? What are you worried about? Probably my butt lungs. <laughs> and those are the things that That's where the farts come from. Farts. This is the soonest we've gotten to farts. I think so. There, it's going to be in every episode of the OCD. Listeners, if you don't want to show about farts, you picked the wrong Go show. Go somewhere else. Go CD. Oh, Sarah Koenig's never going to talk about farts. What do you think she when she says social justice? That's code. When Sarah Koenig is about to say the F word, fart, uh, does she like look around and then giggle? Like make sure her mom's oh, not in the room sure. and then just fart. That's why uh, this season it's and edited by Ira Glass. I think he had a, there was too much fart talk last season, so he's like, I guess I'll be the adult in the room. The buzz around Hollywood, at least podcast style. Like, I mean, I get the Hollywood Reporter at Colon Podcast. Colon. Farts. Uh, is that the contract for Serial Season 2 was that she would receive no money and it wouldn't be great, but she never farted again. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I, like, why does every contract have to be about money? Ask for a superpower, like never farting again. Almost none of my contracts involve money. And not a great superpower. Like, we can't give you the gift of flying. Right. But I don't want money. I just don't want, uh, I want my pinky finger to be twice as long as it is. All right, here you go. You're done, son. You're done. A whole year's salary went into making your pinky finger usable and twice as long. Worth it. And at this point, I just walk around to strangers and scream, worth it. Because I know they're about to say, that probably wasn't worth it. (laughs) Worth it. But you use the wrong hand, so they have no idea what you're talking about. And then you just ride off into the sunset. Uh, it's only a long pinky. It's one pinky finger? Uh-huh. We can't do both pinky... Is that season three contract? Oh, you should have looked at that contract a little Shit. better, buddy. You thought because no money, you didn't need to get a lawyer. At least stop by LegalZoom, not a sponsor. And we have no connection to Serial. And we're now currently suing LegalZoom yeah. for not being a sponsor. Just sponsor us, and we'll drop the lawsuit. It is weird. I found the lawyer who's representing us in that case. Uh, is he from Legal Zoom? He's from Legal Zoom. Okay, I don't know if this is going to go great. <laughs> who's the judge? We got a good judge? Yeah. Is he always saying boys will be boys? Yes. That's Which, good. I mean, that not a good yeah. judge, but he might help us out. 
Because we are boys, and I hate that. I'm sorry. You hate that we're boys? Kind of, right now? I do believe, though, that if you listen to us talk for more than six or seven minutes, you don't really think we're boys. Once the farts get out of our system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boys are farts and frogs, right? That's what they're made of. Uh-huh. And I would say after six or seven minutes, we lose all of our farts and some of our frogs, and now you can't tell. Now you can't tell. I'm just a boy standing in front of a boy wanting to tell him what happened tonight on the OC. And is it the same stuff that happened in Notting Hill? That's what it feels like right now. I never saw that connection. Uh-huh. But on tonight's episode, The Truth, I think it might be a shot-for-shot shot remake okay. of Notting Hill. You know, I think that you're a great host and always do a good job. You always An insult always comes after that sentence. But if we don't spend at least half this episode talking about what a fucking great underrated movie Notting Hill is, I'm going to freak the fuck out and I'm going to betray my contract. I'm going to walk away from it. You've been saying that more and more. Is this the Notting Hill you want to die on? Oh, man. Tonight on the OC, Ryan finds himself truly out in the cold when he's suspended from school, shunned by Marissa, and even scrutinized by the Coens, all of whom refuse to believe that Oliver is a dangerous sociopath obsessed with Marissa. The only person in Ryan's corner is Luke, who tries to help, but kind of just fudges it up too. Luke style. Meanwhile, Jimmy thinks his past will impair his ability to work in the business field ever again, and Seth starts ignoring Anna when Summer's around. Eventually, everything leads to Oliver holding Marissa hostage with a gun. <laughs> All that and more coming up next. Oh, God. That break. Like, I hate to be that guy Woo! to talk about how hilarious our break was, but that was a good break. Well, Joe comes in. Sure. That was a good Joe break. He comes in, he does a little crowd warm-up, makes it sure, and there's no crowd for the OCD. It's a late-night show. Yeah. He just makes sure you and I stay warm. There's a couple guys in trench coats that are really trying to find stuff in their pocket. Other than that, there's no crowd. That's mostly a raccoon on top of another raccoon on top of another raccoon in a trench coat. I gotta say, in Burbank, Burbank has the most talented raccoons. Yeah. Well, they all use, they, they come from the long Disney lines. Mm-hmm. They've escaped in the wilds and are now trying to re-domesticate. But, like, of the animal kingdom... Which I am a uh, professor of. Raccoons are some of the smartest animals. Like, have you ever seen a raccoon on top of a trash can and it can't open? Mm -hmm. So open it so it goes and like gets a Roman candle and just shoots fireworks at it until it opens up. Or at least it's a good night. It's just fun. (laughs) Just good, clean raccoon fun. And you're looking down from your upstairs window. You live on the second story because you're an elitist. I can only afford basement rooms. I can only afford addresses with halves on the end. Yeah, but you're on the second story looking down at this raccoon. You're like, God damn it, don't. Hit my trap. Nope. I'm loving this goddamn Roman candle shit. And then I run to get my camera, and then I try to wind it up, and the raccoon's gone. What are Roman birthdays like? Oh. Is it just 16 Roman candles shooting the out of a cake? true fall of the Roman Empire. It's Death just, by candle. It's just firework disasters? <laughs> firework disasters. Are we treating this like an intro instead of the actual show? Oh, sh- do you want to be talking about Sandy and Ryan right Let's now? Let's do another intro. I think so. This is the OCD. You know what we do. Uh-huh. You know what? Hello, nerds. Nope, that's a different oh, show. You want to just talk about those shows? You want to get these commercials out of the way? No. Good. Those shows can die in a fire. This opens up. Ryan is in quarantine in the pool house. Sandy has already given him, I can't ground you. And by already, I mean in the beginning of this episode, he goes, I can't ground you. Can't chain you to the wall. If you want to stay in this house, stay in this house. Which is an interesting parent tactic because uh-huh. he can ground him. And would ground Seth. He is deciding right now, I don't think grounding is going to work. What I do think is going to work is telling you that I can't ground you. 
I'm hoping that you will come to reason as opposed to like capital punishment. It is interesting. This is the the closest Sandy has come to getting fed up with Ryan. He mm-hmm. tells Kirsten he's wondering if they made a mistake even bringing Ryan in. Yeah, Sandy is all about the calm under pressure, and oh. now he's frustrated. And at first, I'm like, that's a crazy reaction. But I guess this kid beat the living pulp out of another kid after he said, hey, come talk to me before anything. And then I don't know if this is Sandy Wisdom or not. I have other Sandy Wisdom because this is filled with it. But Sandy tells Ryan, it's not what I believe. It's about what you did. The next time you feel like raising your fist, you better open your mouth and talk. That's what I'm here for. Uh, and Ryan's response of saying, like, you don't know what it was like. Around the pool table, I was talking to Oliver, and Oliver was like, eh. and yeah. And he's like, damn. <laughs> that doesn't make sense if, you're, if you weren't watching. No. But Kirsten talks Sandy. Oh, from the pool table out. to the pool house. From the Ryan pool. Atwood story. And she talks Sandy out of taking it out so hard on him. And he mm-hmm. does end up more on Ryan's side, which we, this is not always, we normally go very character based. There's a big finale here, so we're going to just set a lot of table and then hustle. Mm-hmm. So this is where Sandy and Ryan are at emotionally. Ryan is just reading Cavalier and Clay, doing sit-ups, mm-hmm. poor form, poor form sit-ups, and all before a.m. And he refuses to leave the pool house. And is there a TV in the pool house? Like, he's binging so. nothing. He's he binging goes from Cavalier and Clay to exercise. Mm-hmm. I get the first part. The second part is confusing to me. To reading comic books. Mm-hmm. Comic book connection, by the way. He's yes. reading comic books. To doing other workouts, to reading, to working out, to reading, to working out. Reading, working out. And then, right, is this the quickest a magical music moment has ever happened in this show? Oh, do you dare. Do you even dare. Do you know this song? It's called Love of the Loveless. No. It's, it's, it's Beckish, but it's the OC's Beck. It's, so it's not, like, real. But it's a little gravelly voice going, Don't got a lot of time. Don't give a damn. That wasn't great Beck. But it's perfectly describing Ryan at this moment. Yes. Way to go, OC. Way to go, C. You nailed it. Do you know who that is by? I do not. No, you said it. OC's back. OC's back. Yeah. But that is where Ryan is at emotionally. There's a sweet montage that comes back two or three times anytime Ryan has to prison style walk around his giant pool house with a great view of the ocean, just being a caged tiger. And it is crazy that only the background changes. But Ryan's entire life is literally or figuratively prison, mm-hmm. whether it's because of mom's boyfriends or pool houses or high school or literal prison, or literal prisons. He always has to figure out how to keep his mind active because uh-huh. he is always in prison. It's very akin to the model home where he wakes up and does like pull ups on all the construction work. Ryan is going to figure out how to turn things into gym. He really does have the li- Jim Gordon. Gordon. Uh, he really does have the life of like a vigilante. Uh-huh. Every vigilante's house is like uh, there's no couch, no TV. It's just one uh, workout bench and like a bunch of mm-hmm. cans of beans. Because that's all that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Cans of beans. When you're a vigilante, don't enjoy your food. Also, no can opener. He shotguns on them all. He like opens a little top thing and then bites right into it. Oh my god, too much beans! <laughs> and every time, too much beans. So if Ryan is physically. And emotionally isolated. The other character, and there's very few parallels with these two often, I'd say is Summer. In the beginning of this episode, Summer's feeling pretty alone out there. Big Danny is gone. She is And not like gone like, oh, I miss Big Danny. But gone. Like we will never hear about him again. He is right now going to learn how to fly an airplane. Take me to the loop, he says. And Summer's trying to hang out with Marissa. And Marissa's like, oh, my dad's out of town with Caitlin. 
come on. What a weird lie for Jimmy to tell anybody. Nobody remembers what happened to Caitlin. She got ate by a horse. She got ate by a horse. Sunbiscuit? What was her horse's name? Sunbiscuit. <laughs> She's like, I got to spend the weekend with my mom. And Summer's like, when, when are we going to hang out? And Marissa's like, I don't know. To the point that Summer won't even follow her to class, the same class they have. Summer's like, bummed. Summer has an opportunity here. And I don't know whether to blame it on, like, drama. And drama needs to happen slowly. Or Summer's being a wuss. Uh-huh. But Marissa is all like, and Ryan thinks that Oliver's in love with me. And Summer's like, isn't he? Yeah. And Marissa's able to change the conversation very quickly. But what Summer should have said is, no, dude. We all know it. I know Chino's wackadoo with his wife beaters and his punching teeth, but I'm not like that. Oliver's in love with you. And so she hints at it, and then she backs off because she starts off that conversation. She says, Ryan's violent, but he's not stupid. She sees that Marissa is capable of cutting relationships if they come between her and Oliver, uh-huh. and she's saying, I don't want Marissa to cut me as well, so I'll I'll, I'll dip a toe mm. in, but I'm not going to go as extreme as Ryan Which, did. it's so weird, and again, maybe expecting a lot from 16-year-olds on a soap opera, so blunt talk would ruin that because mm. it's just Patrick Stewart being a TV show host. Mm-hmm. Nice blunt talk reference. But for a best friend to not be like, why is this dude who you've only known for a couple months more important to you than a bunch of people you've known forever? That encapsulates high school to me so much. Right now, if this happened to you right now, if you were in Oliver's situation right now, if you were Marissa, uh-huh. I would have you tied to a chair, car battery, like just zapping the nuts, taped to your nuts, and I would be like, "What the fuck, bro?" And I would say "bro" so many times that the electricity to your nuts would not do anything. That's but the amount hurts. of times I say "bro" oh, would bro. destroy you. That bro is like an emotional zap to the nuts. But they're sixteen, and Summer doesn't want to ruin the relationship. Doesn't want to ruin the relationship. But isn't it's so weird? That the new person can be like, well, that person doesn't treat you right. And you're like, new person, you don't know this situation at all. And Marissa's fragile, and now she know, now Summer knows it, but also Summer's fragile. Mm-hmm. There is no more Seth, and there is no more Danny. She needs Marissa. She needs Marissa, and Marissa leaves her. So we got just everybody isolated and feeling alone. We're and that sucks, dude. That hurts because Summer, you know what Summer has to offer? Summer. You know what Oliver has to offer? Hey, guys. Ski trip, camping trip, France, yeah. Uh, let's go to Carl's Jr. And that's oh, Oliver loves Carl's Jr. Almost like he has like a share in it. What's and up, bud? There's so many better fast fooderies, Oliver. Well, that's not Carl's true. Jr. No, Carl's Jr. would be the best. Del Taco. There's one better Bitch. one. You're from the OC. You know what Del Taco about? Don't Del Taco about it right now. <laughs> But Oliver does. Everybody's bummed out because Ryan beat the fuck out of Oliver and is not at school and nobody knows what to do. And Marissa and Summer are walking up post this conversation and Anna and Seth are walking up. Their own weird conversation is Anna's like, have you talked to him? And he's like, no, he didn't leave the pool house. And she's like, isn't he like your brother? He's like, I think I know Ryan better than you do. I haven't talked to him, which is not a great argument. But what Anna has going for her is she's, she's not Seth. She's not Seth. So And also... Seth kind of only knows Ryan for like a week or two longer than Anna. Mm-hmm. So I know they are technically closer, and there's time spent we haven't seen. But Anna knows Ryan. And sure, that week or two is very important. But uh, Seth and Ryan didn't almost go to Cotillion right. together. Ryan and Anna almost went to The newbies could have been together. new noopsies. Do you, at this point watching this episode, wish that you were less clear? We've talked about this for a couple episodes in a row. Oliver was a bad guy? Or do you are you glad that you now know... There no. are clear lines in that Ryan is crazy but right and Oliver's right. crazy but wrong. Now it's, it's is it single white female where you watch somebody take over somebody else's life? Is it that movie? Mm. 
I think now it's or me in your life thrilling and delectable just to sit back eat the popcorn and watch the fireworks those roman candles just keep thinking ryan make the right god damn Damn it it. ryan oliver don't ah but so they're all like but we could still all be friends right and the four of them stare at each other and realize were we really friends and oliver makes the tension worse by saying y'all want to go to mammoth this weekend and they're like i know i have no reason to say no he's got the shit kicked out of him but boy is this boy creepy and, like, I don't know what it's like to be rich. I'll never be go to Mammoth rich. Mm-hmm. But Oliver says, do you want to ride a Mammoth this weekend? Mm-hmm. That's fucking rich. We never see his parents because they are, like, Isla Nubular level rich. <laughs> they fucking own creepy Moreau Islands. Do you know what I love you, dude? You'll never just say Jurassic Park. <laughs> you will go deep and say Isla Nublar. But we do have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dig deep into Seth and Anna and Summer. And all the politics of Isla Nublar. How does all that society politics. figure it out? How do you, like the dinosaurs when the humans are gone? How do you say the word society? society? We have so much to learn. Picking up right where we left off, this hallway scene. Oliver walks up. They all go, maybe Mammoth. And Marissa goes off with Oliver. And then Summer's like, wow, Oliver seems almost. And Anna goes, happy? Why shouldn't he be? He has Marissa all to himself. And then the three of them are like, comic books? This is what I love about this episode is that they realize two things. One, uh, there's always a glue to every group. Mm-hmm. And what they didn't know is that it was Ryan. Mm-hmm. And now that Ryan's gone, this group feels weird. Before this, you would have never expected it to be Ryan, but he is. And two, all right, so now it's just Summer, Anna, and Seth. No, we're still going to get shit done. We're going to get shit done. And... Seth was still on his Ann and I are too similar kick, and he was like, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't go to the comic book store. Uh, you know, I should go talk to Ryan. You're right. And it really feels like somebody realizing they should break up with this person but is trying to avoid them. Because I don't think Seth actually is like, I should check in on Ryan. Because the minute Summer's like, I got nothing to do, he's like, well, we're going to go to the comic book store. Let me ask you this. He's a dirtbag. I'm sure that you have been around the situation, if not directly involved in the situation, multiple times in your life. Thank you. And now you are 53 years old. Thank you. And you're always trying to figure out how to talk to the youth. Mm -hmm. Because when you talk to the youth, you don't want to be luxury. I go, come here, kids. Yeah. And then you grab them with your cane. I grab them right with my cane. If you were confronted, or you confronted, Seth, Summer, and Anna right now, Mm -hmm. would you sit them down and say, this doesn't work figure your shit out and make this stop or do you think well it doesn't work for almost everyone but maybe the three of them will figure it out as being friends yeah just like a group that will click and even though seth is with anna and and not with summer and Uh summer and anna and seth and summer like if i was a dr kim type do you think that 17 year olds or 16 year olds can move past crushes and just be cool with each other i think so but I think Summer has not actually tried to move past the crush. She's kept crushing, even though her and Anna had the very mature talk of we shouldn't compete. And Summer dealt with Anna's sort of betrayal of that compact pretty well. But what I'm asking is, do you think it's possible for them to move forward? In real life, for sure. You do? Yeah. I think soapy teens, no. Sure. But I think kids... And when, when you say soapy teens, you're always talking about teens and soap operas. Yes. Okay, good. I would never talk about anything else. I think uh, kids get a crush a day. Like, I'm at this music venue I've never been to. I'm in love with this person in ripped jeans now. And by kids, I mean that was me in high school. Is like, 
what's it's a Friday night. I'm in love with this person who I've met forever, but haven't seen in this exact light. And then the day goes by, and I'm like, oh, that was dumb. What the fuck was that? I think kids, you flash crushes, then they go away. Do you think that's kid specific? Like you're 54 years old, I'm 22. We're best friends. If you now had a new best friend, it's a real Marty Doc Brown situation. <laughs> it's weird. The cops should arrest you. Uh, if you found a new best friend, do you think the three of us could hang out? Do you think that you and I and the new person could handle it? Or is there a time to just say, you know what? We tried. Shit's weird. Move on separately. Yeah. I mean, it's case by case. I think honest conversations have to happen between any of the people in the trio for moving on to happen. You don't think that everything I say to you is going to have a tinge of jealousy? And if it doesn't, you don't think that everything I say to you, you're going to wonder if there's a tinge of jealousy? No. You're fine with Taylor on the other show. I guess that's true. So. I think that uh, you're just way less petty than I am. That's true. I am a heartbreaker. But I, I think with these kids, it Seth's we, none of us should be together from Chrismica was dead at balls accurate because he doesn't know how to treat people. And really, the three no, none of them know what they want and go for the wrong things and should do work on themselves because literally everybody should, but especially 16-year-olds should. Sit down and be like, why do I want to date this person? Is, what can they give me? Is the best thing, not when you're in your 50s, but when you're in your 16s, to just be friends with everyone and bang everyone? I mean, that's what the new kids do, right? On the block? On the block? <laughs> All, All five of They got the right stuff. but We have such great references. <laughs> I am 54. Kids, just so you know, the new kids on the block were the boys to men of the Spice Girls of our generation. So... They all go to the comic store, allegedly, and then wind up at the Cohen's house reading comics. And Anna is pretty openly bummed out because Seth and Summer are reading comics. Is she openly bummed out in a way that pisses you off? Like, is she, like, uh, overdramatic? No, she's pretty closed in. She's deflated because she's watching her boyfriend flirt with this girl. Because Seth can't see shit. No, Because he only has eyes for one girl. But Sandy walks in and within three seconds sees that Anna is... Uh, her heart is breaking. It takes two interactions, and I can't tango. tell if they're supposed to be a different day. I think it is, uh, just the way the rest of the episode moves. But there's day one of uh, comic books, and he's giving her like Watchmen and Legion, and Anna's like, you should give her something fun, like the Archies, which is a dig. And Sandy's like, I love the Archies. Yeah, it's a dig. Summer is digging at, or I'm sorry, uh, Anna's digging, Anna's digging at, summer. at Summer. But don't you think that, Seth is starting her off a little too hardcore. For sure. He's blowing his load quick. Isn't there something in between those two? For sure. In 2004, I'd give her a while the last man. I heard the new Legion's pretty cool. I heard the new Legion's pretty cool. That's something that Ryan said like eight episodes Uh ago, and I can't get over it because there's no way that the new Legion was pretty cool. Because Legion, the comic, is dumb? Always sucked. So round, and Sandy sees this, and, and Anna and Sandy have a little talk about, like, do you and Mrs. Cohen have things in common? And he's like, not really. And she's like, oh, fuck. Because she is 16 and can't see that not every couple has to be the same. She's still reeling from last episode when Seth was like, oh, this is a problem. We're mm-hmm. too similar. And so she goes in and says, well, Mr. Cohen, you and Mrs. Cohen are super similar, right? And they're like, no. He's I like, no, know. that's not true. But we do have this chemistry. And now Anna's thinking, oh, all we have is similarities, right? but not that rapport. And if I can, and I know this is like seven episodes ago, but if I can take you back to the uh, pre- or post-Tijuana breakfast between uh-huh. Seth and Summer. The handing the toast. The handing the looking. toast. 
That is rapport. That's rapport. And Seth and Anna have never really had that scene. No, it's always been platonic-ish. Ish. You like that toast? I like that toast. You like that scarf? I'll wear a scarf. I'll wear all scarves. But you so like that scarf? I'll wear a toast. One of the most adorable Sandy's a dad lines comes from him talking to Anna. He goes, Death Cab's a band, yes? And he sounds so excited that he knows. But this is all leading to Sandy wisdom. Uh, he pulls in Seth after the second interaction, or after Anna goes to help with the groceries, and Seth goes, thanks, can Summer stay over for dinner? He has to know what he's doing, this fucking idiot kid. What is the Sandy wisdom? Uh, you hurt that poor girl's feelings out there. Summer? No, Anna. I didn't say anything to Anna. Exactly. Talk to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also hits him uh-huh, with really newspaper. hard with a newspaper. Uh, and then, I think the big one, the big moment, I don't know if this is Sandy Wisdom, but it's great eyebrow acting, where Sandy gives Seth a little lecture, and they haven't talked in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a big moment. And Seth stands there and barely listens to him. And pulls some bullshit. And because the whole time that Sandy is talking, Seth already knows how he's going to respond. Uh-huh. Are you sure this isn't about Ryan? That's, he knows he's going to say that because he thinks that sounds smart. Right. And, and then we cut to Sandy, and Sandy considers it and thinks it might be halfway right. But ultimately says, no, this is about you. Because even though I do have unsolved issues with mm-hmm. Ryan, I am going with that. You're still a fucking asshole out yeah. there. And you're my responsibility because you do have to be a good guy, and you're not. Yeah, I think Sandy, the way he's lived his life and his job, he knows he needs to raise this little rich boy right because mm-hmm. he could do so many dangerous, damaging things. I think he's very nervous yeah. about, like, Seth has so many likes that, like, would keep him, like, so many interests that mm-hmm. would keep him from being a Caleb, but that's always in the back of Sandy's oh, yeah. head. Like, what if this guy is the next fucking that's monster? That's in his bloodline, too, and yeah. Caleb is a monster. Yeah, and so, no, like, if you like Summer, cool. Stop doing this shit. Own it. Don't be a coward. We do have to take a break. Come on, dude. I know. I'm just getting heated up. Joe is just giving us the symbol. Break time. Joe is practicing cartwheels. He's so good at them. He is But also, we got to let him out to go, because that's also what that means. He's getting all wound up. Take a break, and then you hinted at who we're talking about next. Joe? Caleb. I guess wrong. Also, if you think about it, Pluto is a planet. No, you're wrong. But enough about that. Let's talk about some characters that we have not talked about in quite some time. And look, I love Kirsten. But she's not where the drama hits. And we have a timeline on these shows, so we can't always really dig into what's going on with Kiki. But today, Ryan, we can. Do you think that the OCD has a problem? Do you think that it has a Kiki ignoring problem? Yeah. That's something we should fix immediately. they throw her to C and D plots? Yeah, often. It, but we can be those people. We can be those heroes that bumps her up and talks about her more. We don't talk about her enough. Let's do it. We get distracted by the kid bullshit too. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Kiki. I want to talk about how little we talk about Kiki. So, Julie is fully enmeshed in the company now. She is the interior designer, and Sandy and Kiki are at lunch in Kirsten's office, and these guys are coming in, and she. And it's like, oh, we need to move that desk. Get out of here. Which is weird for a contractor to say, get out of your office. I feel like they'd be a little more polite. Julie walks in and she's like, oh, you're not supposed to be here. I'm reading your office. And Kirsten's like, what? And then Caleb comes in storming. He's like, what's going on? People are stealing my things. And he's not just a crazy old man. There's our people stealing his things. He also doesn't yell at the workers. He comes in to yell at his daughter. Right. Because we find out in this episode, he actually hates confrontation because Caleb 
is a blustery fuck and only yells at people who he thinks it's safe to yell at. Now, we have a show that does not include incest, even though that's what TV was all about at the time. I don't think it had quite hit yet. We don't have a show. Okay, so incest was in the future. This is precessed. We don't really have a show that like uh, dwells on like abuse or rape. There's not a lot of uh-huh. that in the OC. So when I say that Caleb and Kirsten's relationship is fucked up, it's relative. Like right. it, it's TV fucked up, but not to that extreme. Mm-hmm. But, but every show, what set the their fuck own bar. is this relationship? Oh yeah, it's messed up. It's warped. He goes into he, he relies on Kirsten for everything, including I don't know. Is it a breakup pimp? Yeah, breakup slash fire. And so this this is the whole thing is is. Julie, turns out, is great at interior decorating because everybody's mad at her. And then Kirsten comes in on the weekend and she's like, oh, damn, it looks good. And Julie's like, hey, my daughter ditched me this weekend. So I came in to do work. Do you like it? And she's like, it's great. And she's like, yeah, I came in because also your dad's not answering your phone. And then Kirsten goes into like, "Uh, yeah, he's not good at confrontation. And Julie gets very upset, but like in the least Julie Cooper kind of way and super mature. This is not the woman we met in the pilot. Mm-hmm. She's matured a lot. And calls out Kirsten, I think, rightfully so. Because Kirsten is doing her dad's dirty work. And listens, because it's the same thing that Sandy's been saying. But Sandy's been saying it at home when Kirsten's at home for years. Uh-huh. And now, finally, if Julie Cooper can realize what's going on, right. something's going on. She's from goddamn Riverside, Mike. from Riverside. But what I like is, this is Julie Cooper, who, very mature moment. Dresses down Caleb and Kirsten fully. Earlier in the show, uh, runs into Ryan and still has a tete-a-tete in shitty Julie Cooper way when they're talking about the pool house. And they both do their, I guess you haven't talked to Marissa in a while. But she says, the classist, not classiest, one of the most classist statements is, uh, where is it? The boy who lives in a pool house is warning me of the dangers of the boy who lives in the penthouse. And sure. One does live in a pool house and one does live in a penthouse. Didn't that work out perfectly for Julie Cooper's dialogue? Oh, I mean, if you're going to have that kind of parallel symmetry, you want to use it. But she's seen every kind of world. Jimmy Cooper was a penthouse kind of dude. So Gary for to, Cooper wanted to be bathed. So for to, to throw that kind of thing in Ryan's face is so schmarmy and shitty. This is... This is a great episode because it's the end of Oliver, but this is the worst part of the episode because Julie Cooper, at some point in the future, will become one of TV's greatest villains Mm -hmm. and then become one of TV's greatest redemption stories. But I think in this episode and the episodes that surround it, they have no idea what to do with her. Uh And what that means is that she's flipping characters at all times. Like, it does not make sense to me. She said, uh, Ryan says to her, oh, I guess you haven't hung out with Marissa in a while. And I realized at that point... I forgot that Marissa and Julie were related. Right. Like, I forgot that that was his, her mom. Well, because earlier in this episode, it's Ryan tries to talk to Marissa when she shows up. The reason Julie is alone all weekend is Ryan tells Julie about Oliver, mm-hmm. and then they're all yelling, and Marissa's like, fuck this, I'm going to Oliver's house. Uh, and Sandy sees it, and that's when they get into their own thing. But I do think, I get what you're saying, that sure, maybe bad writing. I also think people contain multitudes, and Julie hates Ryan because he reminds her where she's from. And she and jumped on the opportunity to finally feel better than someone when right. she was talking to Ryan. I get that. But then I don't understand when the pivot was, pivot. the pivot was, between Ryan talking to her and her deciding, you know what, I actually am going to freak out about this Marissa and Oliver thing. Because she says to Ryan, okay, idiot, pool house, and then actually does stuff and 
tells Marissa not to go to Oliver's house. Because I think it's, he says, check up on it. And we don't see it, but I think she does. That It didn't feel bumpy to you? It didn't feel like scenes were cut or maybe, things were Maybe rushed. it's her doing work, but Ryan's like, here's the things you should check. And then Julie, I think, did, because she is a snoop. Checks on the things. Okay. But where we end with Julie is... So Luke is oh, telling shit. everybody he's going to handle it. He's handling it. Luke's being a good, weird puppy dog dude. And gets in Ryan's face a little, because Ryan's like, I can't talk to her. He's like, fine, I will. Does talk to Marissa, and she's like, no, I'm fine. Just get my clothes for my mom. And at this point, with stupid Marissa, crazy Oliver, uh, crazy Ryan, Mm -hmm. crazy Julie, Luke is the voice of reason. Luke's like, well, she'll listen to me. Like, Luke is the Sandy of the high school. So many good Luke moments that we've passed by the the table where Oliver and Marissa are at lunch, and Luke rolls up, and... The phone rings, and Oliver's like, she's not talking to Ryan right now. He's like, is she talking to me? Because he kept trying to interact with Marissa, and Oliver kept answering. And then he bails, and Oliver does his, I get Marissa protector. (laughs) And then smashes like seven dishes on his head. Smashes seven dishes in a hilarious Sylvester the Cat style way. But Marissa says, Luke, stop worrying, but could you go pick up some of my clothes? Mm -hmm. Luke does, and then has a run-in with Julie Cooper. And Mike, if you had never seen the OC before, this is your first time. Uh Uh-huh. Luke and Julie have a moment. Oh, yeah. And just based on this moment, would you, if you've never seen it before, chalk it up to, that was weird, or, holy moly, something's going to go down here. It feels holy moly guacamole. <laughs> it's really For sure. It's, because uh, Julie is being vulnerable. She opens up, and, like, because her and Luke have had a closeness, there, there was a couple of innocent weird moments early on when he and Marissa were still dating. Got a grub, babe. Remember that? <laughs> From, like, episode two. Yeah. I remember all Luke's catchphrases, for sure. And also, Luke is a senior or a junior in 2002. Julie Cooper walks in in a tracksuit with a uh, midriff showing. Uh-huh. What would Luke think? What that is Luke the think? 2002 outfit. But, so Julie opens up. She's like, I haven't exactly been the best mom or wife or best girlfriend, for that matter. And Luke's like, nah, cheer up, Charlie. You're, you're doing great. And they get very close. And Julie does... The last mature adult thing in this episode uh, and in her interactions with Luke. And she says, you should go. Of not fucking Marissa's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, yes. clear electricity there. Like some sort of car battery has been taped to Luke's nuts. And she's thinking, I just got dumped by an old guy. What should I do? What's the opposite of that? I divorced the middle, dumped by the old. Can I sucky bust the youth out of this youth? And, And what we don't see is how even a guy that looks like Luke... We have to remember that he's in high school, and if it cut to a sex scene between him and Julie, it's still <laughs> that, that's how juniors in high school have sex. But like for a while, at least, not if that continued that disgusting illegal relationship for a while, Julie gets off on the power of that, right? Mm. Now I'm in control because when I'm with Caleb, I'm under control. Of both him and his daughter. Let's save this for when that actually starts happening. Spoiler alert, if you're going on this journey with us on the OC, that will happen. I do want to point out that uh, Caleb Caleb is an old school person. Sure. And when I say that, I mean old, white, disgusting dude. And we have a lot of those 16 years later in our time. But it's not. I think this is good writing by the OC because it's not obvious. He's not like, "Uh, bitch, get in the kitchen. But he says, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the woman. That is uh-huh. disgusting. Uh. Like, that is, don't get me wrong, I enjoy the lazy boy. 
yeah, that's it's it is. That is how you objectify somebody without doing it sexually. It's still gross. Last episode, we talked about how Seth had no comeuppance for ruining Summer's relationship. Mm-hmm. Does Kirsten deserve comeuppance for actually going through with a? She should have said, "I will not yeah. break up with your girlfriend for you." And then she does. Yeah, she's like flabbergasted when he asks her and pushes back, but then does it. And I don't know if she planned to do it. She like fell into it, but she could have been like, go talk to him. Here's where he is. She just starts to do it anyway. They're all disgusting. They're all disgusting. We have to take a break. But when we come back, the Roman candle finale. Ryan. So, Mike, we have... In our hands, we have glasses of champagne. We are dressed in tuxedos. This is supposed to be a major night in the OCD because after tonight, we're done with Oliver. This is it. We're going we're gonna to talk about Oliver for the last time, and that's not true. No. We're going to talk about Oliver for the rest of the duration of this podcast, but are you glad? Or, like, did you come to terms with the fact uh, whether or not like, you thought he was good or not? Yeah, I, I remember hating him. But I used to think, and we talked about this episodes ago, that bad for the show hating him. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great villain. I'm ready to move on. It hasn't, I think, it, one more episode would have outworn his welcome. But I think great arcs, great manipulations, eh. And now let's leave. I swear let's to God. end it big. He definitely gave us that for the uh-huh. rest of our relationship. Anytime I say something to you and you're like, eh. Ooh, boy. You know I've been fucking with you then. I'm going to punch you in the teeth. What do you think about the whole mystery of trying to figure it out? Sandy, Ryan, mystery hunting. They call them detectives and finding that Natalie name tag. And, and Marissa's already found it. That's why it, like, it, it's, it's a thriller level thing where they Marissa finds out and then she's a little worried. And then she and then Mar- But they don't know she knows. And like I liked that where it's no longer a surprise for the audience, but we're watching different people go through the paces. It didn't feel repetitive. It felt like they needed to know this information. And we got to find out how a hotel staff works, which is, oh, there's a problem. Knock on the door. Is there a problem? No answer. All right. All right Everything's fine. fine. Let's go downstairs. Should we slow down? Say So Oliver's always talked about Natalie, his long-distance girlfriend. Though the distance of where she might be from moves in and out because sometimes it's a high school away. Yeah. Sometimes it's Vancouver. But she, he's like, it's Natalie. It's Natalie Bishop. And throughout this... Seth is like, you've met Natalie, right? To Luke. And Luke's like, no, have you? And they go, oh. And then Marissa. For 20 minutes. Marissa goes down to get her clothes that Luke probably brought while Oliver's in the shower. And she's like, Natalie. That's funny. Which, it's a pretty common name. I don't know why it's funny. She's like, do you know Oliver? She's like, yeah, yeah. I've known him since he was a little kid. Know his parents, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what's your last name? She went, Bishop. I don't know what made Marissa. Like, Marissa's, everything Ryan screamed at her for weeks is finally starting to sink in. And then Marissa's like, I'll go back up. Is it because you have to confront it? You got to face the truth? Why not bail right then? Or Marissa's a moron. Uh-huh. That's always on the table. Always on the table. Marissa's stupid. And then Ryan basically has the same conversation with her. And then they go up with two security guards. So Ryan and Sandy come in, and they figure out the same thing. Right. They're like, Natalie? Uh-huh. Bishop? Uh-huh. Oliver? Uh-huh. And Natalie's like, this is so crazy. Everybody knows my last name. It's so weird. I feel like such an important hotel person. Because, so the reason Ryan, we got to back up, it's just so exciting. The reason Ryan and Sandy are there at all is because Oliver at this point, once Marissa has found out who he is, grabs a gun and freaks out, does his plate smashy, plate smashy, plate smashy, but now with a gun in his hand. I always do this. I love you. You should love me. Uh, And that's like the best pickup line 
for girls, girls are always like, I don't know if you love me. And then you grab a gun. You're like, I love you. You should love me. And the girls are like, of course, of course I do. I that you. totally worked. But he does a plate smashy and then goes into getting the gun. Why doesn't she bail then? Instead of bailing, she calls Ryan and then he comes up with the gun and goes, bye, Ryan. And then Ryan and Sandy have their face off of like, I need to leave. Give me the keys. I need to leave. Give me the keys. I need to leave. Give me the keys. And then they go together. Great song. Number one single. I, but also a very important moment because Sandy had to prove that uh, he was in control of Ryan. And Ryan mm-hmm. had to prove that he trusted Sandy right. and I'll that drive. he was his son. But Sandy couldn't just say before he gave him the keys, uh, no, it's cool. I understand. We'll both go. They both had to do, give me the keys. No, give me the keys. No, they had to do the whole thing. They had to do the song and dance. I'll drive. And then they figure out there's a gun because Marissa does scream. Ryan, he's got a gun. And then when all the adults are in there, they all just chill out and let the teenager handle the hostage negotiation. What the fuck? So what we have is two security guards, Uh Natalie Bishop, Uh uh, Sandy, Uh who is so smart that we have awarded him a Sandy Wisdom Trophy every week. And then Ryan Atwood, who everybody at this point thinks is crazy. And nobody knows what to do. Oliver's got a gun. Marissa's freaking out. Nobody's stepping forward. And then Ryan says, look. He says, look, like it's in the middle of a boys to men song. He, he's that Girl. part. Girl. Look. And then does a good job. He does it because he's like, why would you kill yourself? You hate me. Like, like he's just talking. That's a good point. Like, but then there's a point where Sandy looks at him and says, like, I should do something. No, he's got this. And this 15-year-old kid's got fuck this. Fuck all the adults. Good on Ryan. Because I'm definitely somebody who, if there's a power vacuum, I guess I'll stand up. But if I was Ryan, I'd be like, you guys have guns. Like, I'm not going to fix this, adults. See, that's crazy. If I see a power vacuum, I'm going to spill, like, a bunch of dirt on the floor. And I'm, I'm going to see if that works. You well, know? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to use you it. You test that yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm just going to test it. It can't vacuum this Tupperware at all. Infomercial lied. I'm a big jacks fan. I love like playing jacks. Oh, everybody but what if my jacks are all over the floor? Will this power vacuum work? Are you more worried about them ruining the vacuum or your vacuum ruining the jacks? I oh, I do have a classic 1912 set of original jacks. But the power vacuum picks them up perfectly and it keeps them in mm-hmm. mint condition. Mint condition. It's almost a jack cleaner. It's a jack cleaner. It's a jack cleaner. So they fix it. Oliver gets hostage no was arrested <laughs> he gets hostaged by the police just as hostaged and then everybody's happy-ish marissa and ryan don't really get a moment right they get like a quick hug well she marissa runs up to ryan and says i'm so sorry mm-hmm. you know and then ryan says how sorry are you how much trauma did you go through that's not true they hug but there's a look with ryan of like mm, i'm done with this bullshit uh, yeah, yeah. he then- doesn't say i told you so but it's in his eyes. The denouement is Anna speaks her mind to Seth. She goes, we're done. Peace. I'm out. Pittsburgh for life. Look at my jangly earrings. And Seth's like, "Ah, you're right. And then I think a very rare, sincere Seth apology. He goes, no, no, because Ryan's like, it's fine. He's like, no, no, no. You needed me and I fucked up. But I did break up with Anna. Can we talk about that? So he's still (laughs) Seth. Classic Seth. He's still Seth. But for a moment, it was there. And that's Oliver. That's Oliver. The Oliver saga is gone. Can we jump to Orange Couture? Sure. Say goodbye to Oliver and his blazer, purple stripe button-up, and yellow button-up underneath the purple stripe button-up. My uh, or- Orange Couture is the same as my comic connection. What is it? They watch BTAS. 
and Batgirl busts in with her Doc Martens and her midriff. Oh, them talking about it. Yes. And she calls out what it is. Yeah, B-Taz is my comic connection, even though they read a bunch of comics. Let's choose our favorite. I heard the theme music in there, and I was like, oh! It was delightful. And that's it. Those are all the awards. But my favorite award? B-Taz, of course, for those who don't know, stands for Batman colon tough and shitty. He is tough and shitty. That's a good description. Yeah, that's Batman. Uh, my favorite awards goes to the theme song of this show. Thank you, Holophonics. You can pick up your award anytime you come to the studio. You made a great Phantom Planet cover song. Thank you kindly. Websites. My website award, website. of course, goes to, and the nominees are, and the winner is, yourpotfilter.com. Go there for all of our articles, all of our podcasts. Oliver Trask is gone, baby. Oh, my Patreon award goes to yourpopfilter.com slash Patreon, a.k.a. patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Help us out a little. Donate every month. Get a little prizes back. Get all kind of extra tent. It's a lot of fun. My Wonder Woman award goes to my second favorite Amazon. It's yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. That's oh. your new Amazon bookmark. Buy things from that instead of amazon.com, and you help us out and Amazon out. Let's just help Amazon out. Let's just, they need help. I thought you were going to talk about Donna Troy, but then you're talking about the company. And you, you, you're into those new wave Amazons. I don't understand it. My podcast based on Superhero Television Award goes out to the Superhero Hour Hour. You should rate, subscribe, and review. It comes out every Friday night. That's with our buddies Taylor and Greg and the two of us. My Ofer. Do you have a question? I don't. What what what's an O for? Poop and silly. My O four award goes to movie of the year that is going over O four, talking about what is the best movie from two thousand four. Subscribe, rate, and review movie of the year. Do it. My Taylor World goes to Taylor Dane. My Taylor Podcast Award goes to Taylor Talking Taylor every first Tuesday of the month. So you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, Taylor talks about Taylors of note. And my Mike is a Jerk Award goes to Writer's Block, where Mike goes out and tries to find bigger jerks than he is, and he can't. He can only talk to published writers. So subscribe, rate, and review all of those. My social media award goes to at Your Pop Filter for just killing it every day on Twitter. God damn. Every day on Twitter. We also, is YouTube kind of social media? Yeah. The visual social media, just fucking search Your Pop Filter. It's all kind of visual versions of little tidbits of the show. My contact at yourpotfilter.com award goes to contact at yourpotfilter.com. That's our email. Email us, please. If you think that there should have been two more Oliver episodes, let us know. My robot award goes to 1562DRDJPOP. That's 1562DRDJPOP. Hold on. There's like seven other robots. You're sure you want to give it to this robot? I hate every other robot. That's true. That He's is one true. of the good ones. He does take your messages when he's not spinning the ones and twos, when he's not carving up surgeries. He gets your messages to us. So just scream, welcome to OCD, bitch, and we'll get your voice on this very show. Ryan, one of his hands is A. Poop. And his other hand is A. P. He is a messy-ass robot. That's the show. Oliver's gone. We'll see you next week. Stay gay. California!